Coming up this week, Honda confirms their sponsorship of a classic Disney attraction. A former leader of both Knott's and Magic Mountain passes away. Food and wine is here. And March Madness Round 3 results. Plus later, Mary Jo goes to the beach. All that coming up next. <laughs> From the beach. Yes. The beach. It's like Gidget. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> She's about as tall as Gidget. Wow. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. <laughs> this is the Des Unplugged Disneyland Edition, episode 563 for the week of April 3rd, 2016. <coughs> the Des Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan that perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jamalata Willie. Hello. Tony Spatel. Hello. And next to me, Mr. Michael Bowling. Food, glorious food. <laughs> Doom. Okay, I'm you look so cute in that orange curly haired wig. <laughs> what? He's doing Annie now? What? Isn't food glorious food? No, food? it's from no, Oliver. That's right, it's from Oliver. But Annie does a food one, doesn't she? Shirley Temple does a food one. I'm oh, sure Annie has to have yeah. some kind of food one. Nice try. Yeah, the Swedish chef does one, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello from the Disneyland Hotel. Michael and I are here hanging out with the Orlando team, checking out some food and wine, which we will talk about in a bit. Um, hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. If you want to listen to us live every Sunday night, wherever we are in the country, um, head over to Mixler.com. It's M-I-X-L-R.com. And listen and chat live with us every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, yes, Mark in the Mixler. It's going to be one of those shows. Uh, at least we haven't had cocktails yet today. Well, I had a beer about three hours oh, ago. that explains a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, I had a lot of coffee today. The Orlando sh- slate of shows is is uh, not a regular schedule this week. Uh, the Dreams Unlimited Travel show will be up on Monday, but the Orlando show on Tuesday and the Universal show that normally goes up on Thursday um, is on hiatus this week because the team is traveling. Also, the Daily Fix, which is normally every Monday through Friday at 9, will not be um, being released this week. Um, housekeeping. Okay, yes. so last, yes, oh, 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 Tony's been waiting for this well, one. Connecting with Walt. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yes, connecting with Walt, go ahead. Oh, well, right. yes. Yes, we do have one show. One, sorry, one show. <laughs> I've yeah. already downloaded it, Michael. Thank no, you. You downloaded that. episode 11, week airing on April 8th. Tony, I'm impressed. Well, I can hack. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't download that one. Okay. Anyway, this one is well, it's it's three men you might have ridden. And this Wow. Yes, yes. Anyway, we're going to be talking about Disney legends who helped build Disney World, uh Joe Potter, Joe Fowler, and Richard Irvine. And of course, if you if you've ever sailed across the Seven Seas Lagoon to the Magic Kingdom, you have may have ridden on their ferry boats because those three ferry boats are named for um, those three men. So we're going to talk about not their contributions, not only to Disney World, but also what they did for Disneyland. So this is a twofer for our Disneyland listeners, as well as our um, Connecting with Walt listeners. So tune in on April 8th. Sounds good. I enjoyed the last one that you did if with you- your... Uh- is it true or not? So, and if you go on the dark web, I can get you it early. <laughs> All right, Tony, Tony's chomping at the bit. What do yeah, you got? Because oh, I haven't been here for I haven't been here for the last few episodes. Thank you. Yeah, for, we almost missed you. Yeah, well, it worked out because I have some interest. I have a totally interesting evolved take on Disneyland. My first, my first little one is not a big deal, but I was in line to get in the park a few days ago, and I saw a family hat got turned away because. They, they didn't have ha- hoppers? They, they had bought tickets 
but they weren't for that specific day oh, with the, the whole new tickets. pricing. And yeah. I felt really bad for them. Like they had bought oh. them from somewhere else and they, and I had never seen that. Well, obviously, but I don't think we'd talk about that. And I thought, Oh, that's interesting. The people that are kind of stuck in the gray zone where they might have bought them early, but the guy said, no, this is, now we're doing this pricing. And so they had to go back and upgrade them, and I felt bad for the family. Because, again, not everybody listens to the podcast. So that's who a lot of people that go to Disneyland are. So I felt kind of bad for them, but I just thought that was interesting. Wow, that never occurred to me. Either did me. I I didn't expect that either. I figured they'd be grandfathered in, but somehow they purchased them from, I couldn't really eavesdrop very well, but they purchased them (laughs) from... Disney tickets, like some other place, the tickets were valid, but they weren't for that day. So, but okay, the big, the big earth shaking news for me, everybody knows how I've been fighting, how I say Disneyland's greedy and they've been charging too much money. I'm going to change my opinion and here's why. I recently, Andrew and I had never skied before and we went to Lake Tahoe for Easter and did some skiing. And I realized how much it cost for one day of skiing and the food. And I thought Disneyland's a pretty amazing value. Not to get into everything, but um, Christine and her kids went to Colorado. Same issues, right? With the pricing. Just to get on the the mountain, it's 110 bucks. That's without anything, right? So getting up to the mountain, like, or at least in these places where you have a gondola or whatever. So that's 110. And I'm thinking, okay, that's Disneyland. However, I, and even if you already owned your own skis, and we're not even going to get into that, it was the food that that hit me in the face. So I go up, and I've never been surprised, like literally surprised. They've made a snarky comment. So I, I got a um, maybe 12-ounce refillable cup and a Sobe Life Water, and they go, thirteen seventy five, And I literally stopped, and they looked. Wait, are you serious? Yes, thirteen seventy five, and that was not in like a nice. That was in the mountain, the only place you could purchase food. Then we got, I got a hot dog on a normal roll. I mean, a little higher quality roll. And Andrew got a barbecue sandwich with a teeny thing of coleslaw. And did he get drinks or not? It was no. I think we got a drink, one drink because he drank water. Thirty three dollars and seventy five cents. So it's expensive. Oh yes. Yeah. So I kind of started thinking about Disneyland again and going, you know what? The first of all, the food at Disneyland is better. It's not thirty three seventy five for two items. And I thought, well, you know what? If you spent the whole day there, I guess just like, and I know that we've talked about the idea of it being a Broadway show, things like that. I'm thinking, you know, I could get an entire day from 8 a.m. to midnight there, we're on the ski mountain. It closes when the sun goes down. and But there's similar things with lines and things like that. And I was just, I kind of thought, you know what? Disneyland is not as bad. Not that I want them to raise the prices, but it put it in a different perspective for me. Because yeah, really, I, now, that they, now that they've heard this, the season executives, we've got Tony Spatel now in yeah. our web. That's yes. it. Prices yeah. are just going to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, I, Tony. Yeah, I know. I've that. I've got much but, power. But but also, I, one of the things about ski resorts is they have a limited season. They you know they don't run year round, so they they have to make their money within just a few months. Yeah, and I was okay with that. It was the food that really kind of threw me, and the fact that like we went for half a day and it didn't matter. I had to pay full price, which I know Disneyland do the same thing, but it was just interesting how once you added it all up, I went. Oh my gosh, this was a lot more expensive than I thought, thinking I could have gone to Disneyland for three days and stayed in a hotel. I mean, I know it's a totally different experience and it's outdoors and exercise and all Ew. that. Yeah, I cut myself, but anyways, it's okay. Um, on the boots. But, um, other, I, I just found it, it made me rethink Disneyland and not saying that it's a good value, but I think it's a little more understandable based on at least this one example. Right. So the, the, and the, that's fair. Yeah. So that's it. Okay, cool. Um, couple quick, um, updates. We talked last week about, uh, opening date for Autopia, which is going to be 429. We'll have more information on Autopia in a bit. Um, also we have an opening date for Jungle Cruise. Looks like it's going to be May 6th for Jungle Cruise. And. So it's been pushed back a month then. Has it? 
Well, we were kind of thinking that it was sometime in April. Oh, okay. So, but still. And then some sad news for for Nancy, I think. Um, Little Mismatch has closed. Nah. I can live without it. I haven't bought anything there in a long time, actually. Oh, okay. And that's why they closed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was nice for some things, but it never really totally fit. Right. I mean, it's a children's store, but people aren't really looking for that sort of thing there. If they're going to buy children's clothes, they, they're going to buy Disney clothes. Unless, of course, you forget to pack your son clothes and bring him to Disneyland in his pajamas. Well, you know, he's not going to shop at Little Mismatched. I can tell you that right now. Maybe for socks. I don't <laughs> no. know. No. Okay, so... so I, I hope they put something more interesting there then. Yes. Yeah, it's a small small storefront, though, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see. Um, we, I hung out with some friends from out of town this weekend for just a bit in the parks. They were here with their daughter's, um, marching band group. Marched down Main Street. They were so excited about that part. But they mentioned something interesting to me. Um, you know how, um, they, Disneyland no longer sells, oh, bubble guns or any of the pop guns it- in, um, Frontierland or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how some marching bands have rifle teams? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, they are not allowed to bring their rifles to Disneyland. Are you, so what do they do? What bring broomsticks? No, they just, Carnations. uh, they just, da- Carnations. they just did, they just did dance, dance, they just danced down Main Street instead of, instead of doing the, the rifle teams or like some groups will substitute more flags or, or something like that. But yeah, they, they not allowed to have their rifle teams. So I thought that was very. I didn't. That that didn't even occur to me that that was that was something that would be affected by the by the weapons ban. Wow, that's kind of sad. Yeah, exactly. Um, anybody else have housekeeping? Me, me, me. Go ahead, Nancy. I have a couple things. Okay. Um, first one is we talked about. I think last week Michael and I were talking on our um, our trip planning show with um, Karen. Karen, yes, I was, I knew it wasn't Karen, it was, so hi Karen, um, and we were talking about um, driving past the Disney Studios, and Michael said, do they still have the construction walls up around the heart, uh, the hat building, um, the animation building, and the answer is yes, I drove by there on purpose this week, um, just to see if it, if they were there. And yes, they indeed are. So you can still see the hat perfectly fine. There are just walls that, because the, the actual hat that you see in all the pictures is actually over the entrance to the building. There are construction walls that basically go up from the ground to the bottom of the hat. So the hat is still there and there are the same lovely construction walls that we get anywhere else around the parks. So there you go. There's that one. And then the second one, which I believe I sent in an email somewhere. Um, oh, did we talk about the bridge from the subway station to Universal's tram stop at the bottom of the hill? No. I don't okay. think we did. So they're building this big old gigantic bridge right. complex um, from the L.A. Metro subway station. Mm-hmm. At Universal, this, the famous one that I got on and got lost off of. Sure. <laughs> um, but I still like to take it anyway. Um, so that lets you out at the bottom of the hill from Universal, and Correct. everybody walks across the street in right. mass to um, pick up a tram at the bottom of the hill. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, they are now br- building an overpass bridge. So you will take an escala- another flight of escalator up from the exit at the trams um, or at the subway station, okay. you'll go up to a, 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 a quite huge elevated bridge. You'll cross. Um, that I don't is... remember that intersection being that busy. Oh yeah, that, and okay. when you get those crowds, it gets extremely dangerous because okay. you get people you get people running yeah, you after prob- you the get light a, you is get a changed. whole train at once too. Right. So you're literally going to escalator up to the bridge and then escalator back down after crossing two streets. So it's actually high enough so the bridge goes over the big giant universal sign. Wow. Give you a nosebleed. Yeah. 
But I, I mean, think it's, it's going to be necessary right now, yes. be, especially with Harry Potter opening and the, the yes. crowds that they're expecting. And it looks like they're trying really hard to get it open this month. So, I mean, I went by it at the beginning of this past week. And actually, no, I take the back. I went by it and forgot to mention it on last week's show. Um, we went by it like last Saturday or last Friday. And yeah. So a week ago, it was looking pretty much like they had about another three, four weeks to go on it. They so, have, we'll they have four days. I know, right? <laughs> I haven't, I meant to drive by it again today and I didn't get a chance. So there we go. Very cool. Anything else, Mary jo, You got anything? I do. Okay. I am, um, I was there, um, did my weekly trip to Disneyland Resort. And checked out the construction from the top of the Mickey and Friends parking structure again. Shared it with some of our friends. And construction is, I mean, the demoing for the construction is really moving right along. There's big mounds of dirt. For the first time, I could see Big Thunder Mountain and the Matterhorn quite clearly. Fantasyland Theater seems that it's, they're all kind of exposed right now. As well as um, the back of Toontown and that whole area. So glad to see that they're, they're not waiting. Another thing that I was kind of happy to see is over at California Adventure, the Streetmosphere characters were all out. And with the Shanghai, mm -hmm. um, the cutbacks due to Shanghai budget, et cetera, I thought that they might be cutting them right. from California Adventure. So they were, they were out. I um, saw two of them. Did you see all four? Um, I didn't see Officer Blue, but I wasn't I really looking him. for him. Okay, so I saw the one who delivers packages. Molly the Messenger. Molly the Messenger, and I saw the one who takes pictures. Okay, so I, I saw the other two. Okay, good. Yeah, so it was real, and they were, they were interact, almost oh, so, Molly the Messenger was so funny, she was, she gave this family a, she handed them a newspaper, you know, she was driving her, her, riding her bike by and delivered it to them, and she was so in character, I, I, just stopped in my tracks to watch her because it was so entertaining. So I'm glad to see that that's going on over there. And um, speaking of California Adventure, something that they've added to the food and wine is the Disney, um, the Disney legend, Kurt Russell, who, you know, that I, I've been talking about his goji wines that he has. He's going to be making an appearance on April 16th at the, um, Food and Wine. He's going to be giving a 90-minute question and answer session. Um, and that event costs $199 plus tax and gratuity because he really needs that gratuity. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's going to do a good job for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, his movie gigs have been pretty slow lately. <laughs> and Goldie's just not bringing it in anymore. Right? But, um, you know, his wines are offered at California Adventure up in the... Um, Remember, um, Tom and Tony, when we were up at the terrace, we, I had some of the Kurt Russell wine. Yes, mm -hmm. it really sent you for a loop. Yeah. Uh, from what I understand. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to remember that part. <laughs> oh, you do remember. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and they also offer his wines at Steakhouse 55 at the hotel, Disneyland Hotel and Carthay Circle and, uh, Napa Rose, of course. So, um, that's something that I think a lot of fans might want to see when, um, they go. And then one more thing is, just a note, I know Michael appreciates this a lot, but every so often Disneyland will do a turnover of their the flowers throughout the resort. Mm -hmm. And so they let us know that the, the, the Disneyland, the Disneyland Resort is in spring colors, full spring colors right now. And just to kind of share with everybody, the there's some t fun team facts that I wanted to share. And it's the horticulture team consists of approximately 100 cast members that do this, which kind of explains how it seems to be overnight that the resort will be a, a, one set of colors. And then, you know, the next time you go, it's all of a sudden it's all these different flowers and they're all fresh. They're all beautiful. Um, so kudos to them for doing such a good job. But the cast members have expertise in the following disciplines. They have landscape design, installation and maintenance, Arboriculture, which is the trees, I believe. Landscape irrigation, landscape design, integrated pest uh, management, and project management. I know at Epcot, they used to do a thing where they let 
um, ladybugs go, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I remember that happening. Yeah, they so, still, I think, do it at the Grand Floridian over there. That would be cool if they would do that um, when they bring back the um, the tour, the the horticulture tour that's on hiatus right now. That'd be fun. But ninety percent of the horticulture workforce works third shift, beginning at two a.m., stopping well before the park opens. So it's a short amount of time that they have to make all these changes. And all of the arborists at the Disneyland Resort are either certified arborists or certified tree workers. So I thought that was kind of cool to share. Just um, the dedication that Disney, the Disneyland Resort has to bring such a beautiful experience to us. And I think that goes along, Tony, with some of the things you were saying about the cost and the value of Disneyland. It's not just going on a bunch of rides. It's everything that we see at the resort that encompasses, you know, the, 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 ambiance of the whole park when we go for our enjoyment yes very cool a couple quick things um we had talked about the new meet and greet for uh, captain american spider-man um i did see the meet and greet and that is as i predicted the old monsters university meet and greet area there in hollywood land so um they're across from the the far restrooms um other thing because the Food and Wine Festival is taking over the parade route. We don't have Pixar Play Parade for a month. But instead, we have the Incredibles Hit Squad, H-I-T, abbreviation for something, um, Hit Squad, <laughs> uh, every day from at 345 and 445. Uh, kids of all ages, come test your superhero skills with the Incredibles. So that's kind of <clears throat> at least a little something to keep the... Pixar folks happy. Um, Michael, looks like you have a big list. I, well, trying yeah. to trying to keep up with Mary Jo. <laughs> you know, who could do that? <laughs> um, now, no. <laughs> anyway, well, I uh, just a couple of things that I, I did in, during my time wandering the parks. Uh, I went to the Waltz train exhibit at the Disney Gallery. I highly recommend it. Even if you're not in the trains, there's a lot of nice artwork. They have, of course, they do have the background on you know, the trains and the history of them and Walt's enjoyment of them. But they have a nice profile where they show uh, the renderings. Of, <coughs> they show the renderings of the trains of not only Disneyland, but Disney World and the international parks. So it's interesting to see the the differences in them. They, they do a history of, for instance, who the trains are named after. And it's really nice. And they do have some artifacts, like some of the tickets, uh, the the, uh, the boiler plate uh, or the nameplate of the old Wilderness Railroad that ran o- over Disney World in Fort Wilderness. Uh, so anyway, so it's it's a small exhibit, but it is really nice. So um, so pop in there and take a look at it. Since you know the, the whole the joke is that Walt built Disneyland just so he'd have a place for his train, uh, and then I walked over to the Main Street Station and took a good look at the Fred Gurley, and had a chat with the engineer. Also, I got a good close-up look of the Lily Bell, and uh, which is the, of course the parlor car, and uh, it, it's just nice to see the locomotive up close when i mean because they're so beautiful you know it's when artistry and uh sort of technology machinery sort of went hand in hand not like today where things are so utilitarian and i i chatted with an engineer who told me about how every train has its own personality and its own idiosyncrasies and she's talking about how the fred Gurley is her particular favorite but you have to sort of nurse Fred along, you know, because she, um, you know, she'll start out in the morning running okay, but in the afternoon sometimes, you know, gets a, gets a little harder to control and all that. And she went through and talked about all the trains and how you have to get to know every single one of them because everyone is different. Everyone so has cool. a different personality. It was really interesting. It was an aspect of the locomotives I just never thought about. Well, it's also due into the manual construction of those mm-hmm. because each piece is, isn't, you know, it's hand, ma- each part in those older trains is hand machined. 
And so when you're talking about casting, you know, individual pieces, it's not like when we cast large equipment today, everything is cast from the same die. Everything is put together so it's got its own quirks on how the gears are intertwined and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, so. and she talked about like the layouts of the cabins and, and yep, things like exactly. that. So anyway, so that was really interesting. And I went on, I waited 50 minutes or so for Luigi's oh, Rollicking geez. Roadsters. Well, you know, I never got a chance to look at everything in the queue. So that gave me oh, a okay. good opportunity yeah. to do that. And... You know, and then I was watching it. I was watching the people. Everybody was having a great time. They were laughing. They would put their hands up at certain times to, as if they were on roller coasters. And so it was interesting just to watch all that. Then when I got on, you know, the, it looks from a distance when you're watching it like, oh, this is a tame little attraction. You know, there's movement in that thing. Um, I mean, those, it's not this smooth little thing. I mean, you really get, it's jerking and it's, you're bouncing around. And then I, the dance we did, I got in this twirl where it was a fast twirl that, you know, you, you could got a little dizzy and, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. So I mm-hmm. think that, the, you know, just like Mater is this simple little attraction that people really enjoy. I think that's what this is going to become. I think this is going to be something people are going to want to do over and over again. When did you go on it? I went in the um, afternoon. So probably around, I don't know, 5, 5.30. Okay. So because a couple hours before that, I was, I went on it, waited, waited with on it and it was only about 30 minutes. So m- like middle afternoon, it was 30 minutes for that. And Mater's Junkyard Jamboree was basically a walk-on. This is a Saturday afternoon. Wow. And Mater's was a walk-on. Well, I did it Sunday. So I don't know if that oh, makes sense. Oh, you went it today? I went oh, today. Oh, today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yesterday, middle of the afternoon, um, Luigi's was like 20, 20 or 30 minutes and, and Mater was a five minute wait, which was, which was kind of full. Yeah. And then I, I was walking when I was walking back to the hotel, there was this acapella group. That was there, uh, near, um, right outside World of Disney and at the bakery, the, um, La Brea bakery. And they were all dressed up sort of like in forties clothes. They sounded Ooh. just like the Voices of Liberty. Okay. So are they Disney cast members? No, or are they? no, okay. they're not. Okay. Which they, because I, I saw them yesterday too outside, like by the AMC theaters. Yeah. They were fantastic. And uh, they had a huge crowd. People cheered. And then I noticed in the corner there was Disney security. Okay. And I started to wonder, are they actually uh, – I don't know if they're sanctioned or not. Okay. That, that was going to say, are they some – you know, like the violin player that comes and plays? Yeah, are yeah. These, are these just people that like – Are they auditioning? Flash, flash mob. Yeah, I'm wondering, are they just sort of hoping they'll get into the park and they're just here to do it? They were fantastic, though. So it, they said we will be here next week. But <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. But if you get it, if they are there, you see them. They were not selling like CDs or anything like that. They were, but they were. There was were, like five or six of them, right? Yeah, there were five. Okay. Yeah. And they were great, though. Absolutely fantastic. I would love it if they became part of, like, California Adventure. I mean, they don't fit in downtown Disney, but... Not at all. But they would fit perfectly in California Adventure. So, anyway. and I don't know. There was a huge um, a huge high school music festival this last th- week. These were not high schoolers. Competition. No. I know, yeah. No, but I'm just saying there was a big giant festival, and Lord only knows... Those kids break out in the song here and there and everywhere. Yeah, I, I, that's nice to know, Nancy. Thank you. But I don't think that relates to this story, but. No, no, that's okay. I just wondered if maybe, because you didn't say any ages. Oh, no, they were adults yeah. and, and this, they were there intentionally. Yeah. So obviously somebody's skirting the law. May, maybe. The I don't know. Perhaps. I hope not. I hope that they were just watching them because they were, a, let's say, a quote They're unquote new act. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, and so that they were just making sing with the oh, response ooh, that the Baskervilles. they had to it. <laughs> um, sit, Ubu, sit. Yeah. Sorry. And and just finally, walking through a, a security uh, metal detector makes me sad. 
at Disneyland. Have you not done that? I have, but it still makes me sad. <laughs> it just yeah. does. You know, well, I have the, to do it at the airport and it makes me sad, but to do it at Disneyland just really makes me sad. And we went into California Adventure from the um, Grand Californian entrance and everybody went through the metal detector. And so it caused eight. And this was, what time was this? Uh, what? 1130? 11, 11, yeah. yeah, 11, yeah, between 11 and 1130. Oh, wow. And so it caused a big backup at that line. So just keep, that might not be a good alternative entrance anymore. You're right. Mm. So, well, it's, they, we all, people already recommend not using that entrance first thing in the yeah, morning. Yep. You know, it's not a good, good option. Anyway. All right. Any, any other housekeeping? I have one quick shout okay. out to our listener, Teresa, who's going to be performing at Disneyland with her band. I'm sorry, California Adventure with, um, with the band that she's in on the, in April 14th and 15th, I think. So good, good for you, girl. Very cool. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about food and wine. So it opened this weekend. Um, and, we, like I said earlier, the booths, the eight booths are along what they call the parade corridor. So it's the walkway that starts just past, um, the Carthay Circle Theater and goes all the way through, um, the, past the Tratoria, past right? the Tratoria, almost to the Little Mermaid. <clears throat> right, right in front of the, the last one is right in front of the Little Mermaid shop, the, that that particular store. Um, one thing that we didn't know was that there is a annual pass holder center in Blue Sky Cellar. Um, not much to it this time, other than uh, you get a free button every week. Uh, there's four different four different buttons. You also get a recipe card from one of the items at one of the booths, and they are showing uh, the old film seasons of the vine. So that's kind of cool. Wow. That's kind of retro. Um, that's cool, though. No, it's a good thing. Um, let's see. We'll we'll come back to the booths. Um, let's talk about the logistics in Hollywoodland. The uh, Wondering Oaken store is now back to the studio studio store, and has not only a few items of uh, food and wine logo merchandise, but also some home items from that already existed in the in the parks or in the stores. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, the two. St- um, and it's uh, it's also renamed though. It's not called. Yes, it's called. It's the studio store. Yeah, they had that old star. sign. Oh, up. studio yeah. store. Okay. They had the old sign up. Um, now the two stages: the Mad Tea Party stage and the other state, the um, built built-in stage. The Mad Tea Party stage is the one they're using for lifestyle type presentations, and the other stage is the one they're using for food demonstrations. So. Just kind of gives you an idea of what's going on. And then, of course, the two bars um, have um, wine and cheese plates and beer and some cocktails and drinks like that in Hollywood land. Okay, so let's talk about – oh, also, um, there is a – inside the, the annual pass holder preview, there's a lanyard with a um, tasting passport – that's $45 and is good for six tastings, which works out to $750 a tasting, which, according to my calculations, is a horrible deal. Uh, because most of the tastings were in the $6 range, $550. Yeah. There were a couple that were more than that, but you have to be really, really, really careful to get any value out of that other than you get to free, keep the free lanyard that says food and, food and wine on it. And I may break down and buy it just because the lanyard says food and wine on it. But um, I would rather get a if, if, rather than lanyard is get the get the t shirt um, or get the wine glass or yeah. No, I was gonna, I was going to say the the gift card, the Disney card that you yeah, can exactly. buy that yeah. with the wristband yeah. that you yeah. wear around there. At least you get money value mm-hmm. on it. Um, okay, so how were the lines yesterday? When were you at the, you were here yesterday, Mary Jo? How were the lines on, at the booths? Um, the, the lines were pretty decent. Okay. Um, um, but I imagine that in the morning, or let's say around noon, they must have been really crowded. But yeah. 
what they've done to organize it a bit is they put tape down so that the lines switch back which, and not go out into which the, the guests ignore. Yeah, so they, some of the <laughs> yeah, some of them are well, kind of confusing. Yeah, that's that's true. But what I was going to say is that most of them, except for the brewery, um, were not filled. The brewery brewery was the longest line that I saw when I was there. But my waits were, gosh, no more than five minutes wow. when, oh. for the places that, that I went. That was not what it was today. Not at all. Well, the, uh, my understanding is that some of the annual passes were blocked yesterday ah, and not okay. blocked That's today. That's true. So I imagine that the crowds were bigger. But when <clears throat> when I went, and I'm let's say between two and four. Okay, so you went a little off time. Off time. Okay. Exactly, because okay. I'm a little off. You know? Um. And they are still getting a feel for food and wine because there were quite a few locations where they were out of things or out of parts of things. So just be patient with them. Some of them will allow you, if you wait in line and get to the front and find out that that item is not in stock, you can purchase the item anyway and then come back and just go straight to the 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 window and, and collect it. Tom, do you yeah. remember... We did the one show at Food and Wine back many years ago. Long time ago, yes. Okay, I I swear I'm having deja vu. And we had this discussion about being patient with them and they weren't ready. Like, I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be smart, Alex. It literally (laughs) reminds me. I'm just saying that. Like, like, I swear, I swear I'm not making, like, I swear we had the same discussion. Let's, and some people say, no, we shouldn't be patient. I think I was the one who said that. And I'm just, Kind of, I just it's just I just remembered this. I don't know. I can check the archives. I they should they shouldn't be. I don't think we should be patient if we're paying one hundred and ten dollars to get in. Just saying. But if you were skiing, would you have been patient? <laughs> no, I would, I would be. I would. My calves would have been aching. I'd have been cold. I'd have been angry at all the young millennials skiing around me and the three year olds with no. Yeah, no, I'd be even angrier. So actually, no. Um, okay, so uh, the Orlando, t- like we said, the Orlando team is here, and they uh, there's going to be a huge gallery of pictures going up in the next couple days, some videos and and all of that stuff. So we're going to just gotta talk about our favorites a little bit. Um, Mary Jo, what? I have a quick quick yeah, question sure. though. Yeah. Um, will they be talking about the comparison between California Adventure and Epcot on their show? That I don't know. They, may, they I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm sure they'll mention it on on next next Tuesday. They'll 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 probably have a little bit about that there there are okay. some mentions about like the the comparing like the quality of the food between mm-hmm. the two uh, i'm not going to ruin it for you so, so <laughs> stay tuned stay tuned uh all right major what was what was your favorite favorite item that you had um i really enjoyed the shrimp tacos that i had at the let me see which one at the la style no, the f- viva LA fresco style. The Viva Fresca, well, that's, I should have known, was the Viva Fresca, Fresca. and, and I, I cannot comment on the Anaheim chili and roasted cauliflower burrito, which is what I originally wanted, because that was one of the items that was mm-hmm. out, and it was going to be another 30 minutes, and since I didn't have breakfast, I was really hungry, so I went for the taco, but the taco was really good. It was a fried shrimp soft taco, and that's all you got, so I had that, that was my favorite. I, and that's in comparison with the roasted vegetable Thai curry over jasmine rice that I had. However, the Meyer lemon macaron, blueberry oh. dust. Okay. Yes. I, I'm, I'm just going for food. For, I mean, that that's the reason why I went to California Adventure. Somebody posted a darn picture on Facebook of that lemon macaron. And I discovered at Jolly Holiday that I really do like macarons. Is that the right way to pronounce it? Macaron. Macaron. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Um. And I, and when I saw that, I, that's what I went, why I went to the California, um, Grand, uh, California, um, Disney's California Adventure so that I could go try that. And it was Did not everything disappoint. that I, oh, heck no. Well, it was wasn't delicious. That cookie so nice and chewy. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. It was, I, yep. I would go back for that mm-hmm. too. That, that, and what I liked about that one is that the size of it was a pretty decent size. You know, they weren't the tiny little ones. It was a nice big one with and with the right filling. So I from your reaction I'm taking that you two liked yes, it ma'am. also. Yes. Yeah, I didn't have any of the items from Viva Fresca. 
and uh, nor the I I was in line for the vegetable tiki curry, but or <laughs> Thai curry, but that that was the that was the the kiosk that had the most issues today. Yeah, and it was the slowest line, and they were running out of everything, or. They they didn't have the tenderloin slider, but they didn't have the sauce. And it's yeah, and the sauce they have on it is not what's in the description. Got, the description. So, um, but you tried the the one of the really yummy things was the white cheddar ale soup with bacon. Oh, yes. oh my god! Yes, in the little tiny good? bread bowl, little tiny bread bowl. Disney cannot mess up a cheese soup no, no matter how no. hard they try. <laughs> no, I wish they served this somewhere like in a bowl. <laughs> it was Well, so they good. usually bring it it's this is the cheese soup that they bring back every once in a blue moon to the Pacific Wharf. It's like once a year they put a cheese soup on the menu for a really mm. short period and then take it away. Yeah, the crab cocktail, the chilled shrimp and snow crab cocktail was very good. Uh, the coconut tapioca uh, with the Fresh mango, I could uh, take it or leave it. It was fine. Was it trying to be like a Hawaiian Hopia pudding? Yes. Okay. I'm just guessing. I, no, because I think we've seen that. Yes, yeah, it, it was similar to that. It was coconut tapioca with a little layer of mango on top. The tapioca that was very creamy because I, you know, I've seen the kind where it has, you know, it's that rice tapioca that isn't as creamy. Mm-hmm. This was extremely creamy. So it was good. Ooh, I bet I would like that. Um, we also tried a couple of the items from the other the existing restaurants. We tried the um, pot stickers or the dumplings from oh, yeah. Lucky uh, Lucky Fortune Cookery, and th- they were chicken chicken and vegetable. Mm-hmm. Those were really good. Mm-hmm. Were yeah. they? Um, normally, you get pot stickers, and you get a lot of like a cabbage flavor, and these weren't. They they were just a good balance of chicken and vegetables. And then we tried the uh, carnitas tostadas at. Um, Cocina Cucamonga, and those were those were really those good. Those were good. Too. They have yeah. a kick to them. They were good, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me again, what was the what was it that they had? There? A carnitas tostadas. Yeah, where were that come okay. from? Oh my gosh, that sounds delicious. What's that? Oh, I thought you, Mary Jo, just did that to make you sound all Spanishy. Oh, nice. Really no, no, it. I. The I think the last time that they had something, it was the it was the chile relleno, which I really liked. So I was interested to hear what they. What they had this time, I didn't make it all the way over there, so I didn't check it out. So and you can't go wrong with that. No, no, of course not. No, you cannot. And then I also had the specialty drink over in Hollywoodland, which is a Valley Peach Margarita. So good. Um, I went up and ordered, and I expected it to be like the, a slushy out of the machine, but it wasn't. It was on the rocks. It was so good, so sweet. There would be Facebook yeah. porn on that there is, on yes, the Diz. If you, if, so if, if you've been yeah. following the Diz yeah. over the last yeah. few days, you can see Tom sharing mm-hmm. it with doing late, late in the trap style. I'm gonna have to have yeah. one. But mine, the, I think the favorite of most of us was Gold Rush. That booth, the triple cheese mac with smoked chicken. Did you have that? Tom? I did not. Oh, it was good. I mean, was if it? you are a, a, a macaroni and cheese aficionado this was excellent that's something i would have wanted a whole bowl of and uh, and then the artichoke chips i like artichokes you know the spicy aioli this didn't excite me at all the the breading was good but i didn't have enough art there just wasn't enough artichoke okay the aioli was good but uh, and then oh this just sounded like all of it put together sounded so unappetizing to me. The apple bacon whoopie pie. Get in your cars now and just drive over. <laughs> so this is and better than it. better than the apple bacon thing that was at um, River Bell Tellers. Oh, at River Bell Tellers. Oh my gosh, this is. Fin- so you liked it better than the lemon macaron? Yes. Then, yes, even? I would get this over the macaron, and the macaron I really liked. It was good. So. I'm glad I'm going back next yeah. weekend. Oh, good. Well, you can meet up with us then, because we're that taking the good. kids and going next weekend, too. Okay. All right. So, any, um, maybe we'll share some more thoughts next weekend? Sounds good. Yeah, because I, I think, that I think some great. of these, these, um, booths are open during the week, so we will, yeah. we will have some more. Yeah, I haven't tried everything. Yeah, too. No, neither so, of you. No, I so. haven't. 
I, I waited in lots now, of lines. Here's a question for you. Besides the macaroni and cheese, um, do you see any kid-friendly standouts? I think it depends on the child. Maybe well, like the slide. picky kid. I mean, you can you can get things with adjusted, like the, the maybe the sliders or something like that. Without order things without the mm-hmm. sauce or. Yeah. Oh, one other thing in the LA style booth that the pork belly bow taco. That was Excellent. good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That also had a little kick. It did a yeah. tiny kick. The chilled ahi poke was good. I liked it. And it had a seaweed kind of salad thing, which some folks didn't like, but I really liked. And then there was, uh, uh, there was also chocolate fans, a milk chocolate caramel tart. It, really, really good. And it was, it's inside Yum. of like a little, um, crunchy chocolate shell. And then there's Ooh. some little toffee chips on one side and there's this red swirly thing. I don't know what it is, but that's good too. And so, um, but it so anyway so that's another really good booth. All right, we oh, there, real quick there was a question in the chat room. Whoopie pie, traditional whoopie pie, chocolate cake, cream filling. So is this not no a no chocolate dessert? The the apple bacon whoopie no, pie. No, it's not chocolate. Okay, see there we go. So the chat room will appreciate. All that. right, we need to move on. It's time for news. Um, Tony. Um, so that we we missed this. Last week, there was a uh, passing in the Southern California theme park community or amusement park community, um, and we missed talking about it. So Tony's got that for us. Okay, Terry Van Gorder. They call him a Knotts visionary CEO. He died at 82, but he was actually more than that. So he was Knotts Berry Farms only CEO while it was family owned and operated. He led the effort to license Peanuts characters for Camp Snoopy. Spearhead, spearheaded the development of Bigfoot Rapids and Ghost Rider Wooden Roller Coaster, and he died. He was 82. He was the chief executive officer of Knots from 81 to 88. But in addition to that, there, what do you call it? He, um, <clears throat> he was also, because I'm going to speed it up because we've been discussing foods for a long time. Um, he was also in charge of Magic Mountain for some time, which is, I find that really fascinating. The Newhall Land and Farming Company pegged Van Gorder to be Magic Mountain's top man, tasking him with building up a park that had few rides and unfinished landscaping. Van Gorder brought in Revolution, the first loop roller coaster since the 1920s, built a precursor to Camp Snoopy called Wizard's Village, and ramped up marketing campaigns to increase Magic Mountain's popularity. He really believed children would lead the way, and he was absolutely right, said Robin Hall, who worked with him, at Magic Mountain, and became his vice president of design and architecture at Knott's. He was kind of a marketing genius. He also brokered the sale of Magic Mountain to Six Flags in 79, which then put him out of the job, and then Knott's called him up. And then he created Dinosaur Kingdom attraction, Envision Supreme Scream, and then, then the whole Peanuts gang. So, if you look at this guy, I didn't really know who this guy was, but if you now that you've seen the bullet points of all the things he's done, right? That's kind of a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was Tom said, "Okay, pick one of these stories." And after reading it, went, "Whoa, he did both!" Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that's a sad passing, but I'm glad that we're at least able to communicate what he did for Southern California theme parks. Yes, exactly. All right. So the other news story is not really news, is it? What the Honda thing? Yeah. Why isn't that not news? Well, because we kind of knew already. Well, okay. but they they made it official. Yes, Honda announced its sponsorship of Autopia. I could do. Do I need to read the sentence about what Autopia actually is? No. Okay, just making sure. Um, <laughs> Honda's sponsorship of Autopia will include an update to the attraction's look and storyline that has begun and will continue over the next several months. The attraction is already Honda powered. As the cars use Honda, intri- uh, use Honda engines. And the updates to Autopia provide a perfect opportunity to showcase the long relationship with Honda. Blah, 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 said Michael Cole Glazer, president of Disneyland Resort. So Honda is officially taking over the sponsorship. And there's my speedy news for you, Tom. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. It is time for March Madness, 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 Madness. And Tony is back. We are down yes, to sixteen. We are down to sixteen. Let's let's eliminate half of those. 
So oh, again, hold on. Give it. Give them the URL. Oh, I've got to remember that. That was a tinyurl.com slash dismarchmadness. It's 2016. Did someone post it in Mixler? I can't, but it's tinyurl.com slash dismarchmadness2016. Wait, tinyurl, sorry. tinyurl.com. Then what? Slash... All the time that I saved with the news has now been thrown out the window as we're trying to get the uh, I know, right? <laughs> the URL up. So, le- okay, I I, oh, I I totally I, messed it up, but okay, it's in there. Okay, I know I haven't been, you know, on the show for a few weeks due to traveling and all that stuff, but I think someone deserves an apology considering. Thanks, Dina. Considering the numbers <laughs> that w- that appear here, a one and a four. Okay, there's the eleven versus seven. Okay, agreed. One and a four, a two and a three, a two and a three, and then a three and a seven and a one mm-hmm, and a five. Mm-hmm. I guess somebody knew how to rank to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Step yeah, yeah. up. So, world All right, of, so, okay. Resorts bracket. Okay, World of Disney crushed 96% to 4% Build a Bear Workshop. Obviously, maybe he, this guy doesn't always do it. And the, um, <laughs> and then they're going to go up against the winners of Wonderground Gallery, which beat Disney Vault 28. Fifty-nine percent to forty-two percent, and in the next bracket, come on, pictures. There we go. We've got uh, Lance bracket. We have Star Trader seventy-six percent to Nancy's favorite because it has Orleans in it. Twenty-four uh, percent. We have, and then we've got Mad Hatter beating Pioneer Mercantile sixty-two percent to thirty-seven percent. So it's Mad Hatter versus Star Trader. And then next picture. Did I already say Emporium? No. In Main Street bracket, we have Emporium, 85% to Disney Showcase, 15%. They're gonna, Emporium's gonna take on Disneyana, who won 59% to 42% over Candy Palace. That'll be an interesting one. And I already did Star Trader. And then in the DCA bracket, we've got Off the Page at 64% that beat Elias and Company to 36%. Yes, they did. Okay, so there was my mistake. Uh, off the page is going to go on against yes Russian River Outfitters. I know. So yes, and that's uh, that's all of them, right? Well, Russian River Outfitters beat uh, Ramon's oh, also body body art fifty six percent to forty four percent. So yeah, maybe it wasn't so crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we got some we got some good ones in there. Okay, so let's review it. We got uh, I can't scroll. Let us up with my computer. Uh, let's see. So, World of Disney versus Wonderground Gallery. That's a rough yeah. one. Um, and I'm going to call World of, World of Disney because there's something for everyone. Emporium versus Disneyana. Ooh. Oh, Disneyana for me. That's going um, to be Star Trader. I, I think that you guys are right. Star Trader versus Mad Hatter of Fantasyland. Mad Hatter because everybody seems to like those hats. Yeah. And off the page versus know. Russian River Outfitters. Off the page. Yeah. Off the page. All right. So, uh, not that it, anything we said it would, may have influenced. Yeah. No. Right. At all. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to take Star Trader over Mad Hatter. Me too. All right. So make sure you head over to our Facebook page. <laughs> we'll have a link in our show notes page to our Facebook page and vote um, sometime this week. All right. Moving. Who would have thought shopping would have been so much I know, right? fun? Tony. Um, all right, so it's time for rapid fire. I will go first. Speaking of Magic Mountain, Six Flags Magic Mountain is Mountain is now offering an all season flash pass. So their flash pass that you can buy when you go to the park. Well, now you can get an all season one. This is for um, season pass holders, uh, Magic Mountain season pass holders. With the all season flash pass, you get all the benefits of flash pass. Every time you visit, um, uh, so it's like a fifty percent reduction in your weight, uh, but you're not really waiting at the attraction. You just have to come back. So if the attraction's at an hour wait, you punch it in, and then in thirty minutes you go to the attraction and you get right on. Um, again, this is only available for pass holders. The regular cost of this is seven hundred ninety nine dollars, but it's currently being sold. For the low, low price of four hundred ninety nine dollars. 
So, but if you're a person that goes to uh, Magic Mountain all the time, this could could benefit you. So, Flash Pass, this has nothing to do with, like, getting Mardi Gras. No, 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 Unfortunately, no. Uh, (sighs) All right, Mary Jo. This is pretty cool. Over at the L.A. Zoo, next month they're going to be opening a new exhibit um, that's going to feature life-size dinosaur robots, a fossil dig, a 3D augmented reality experience, and more. Beginning on April 15th, Dinosaurs unextinct at the L.A. Zoo will give visitors the chance to explore 17 life-size animatronic prehistoric creatures up close. For a limited time, the new interactive exhibit will offer a look at the long-extinct dinos, designed to look and move as experts believe that they would have long ago, while also learning about the threat of extinction faced by today by many endangered species. The exhibit's self-guided walking tour will allow visitors to wander past the zoo's ferns, um, cycads, conifers, and ginkgos, foliage similar to that that grew when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, where they will encounter the animatronic creatures, some of which are up to 22 feet high, nearly 21 feet long, and 6,700 pounds each. The dinosaurs represent species from eras that range from 65 to 200 million years ago. Among the dinos you'll encounter are the Brachiosaurus, with an 18-foot-long leg from the Jurassic period, Arcarnotaurus, a bipedal carnivore covered in small scales and bony lumps from the late Cretaceous period, and a devil-horned Diabloceratops, also from the late Cretaceous, with its baby and nest. And of course, no dinosaur exhibit would be complete without a T-Rex. Among the interactive components of the exhibit, there will be a Stegosaurus, I like Stegosaurus, with controls which visitors can operate to make the creature move. There will also be a fossil dig where kids, young and old, can uncover fiberglass, bones, quote-unquote, modeled after the actual fossils. You can also download a free augmented reality app, which allows you to animate the dinosaurs on your phone screen when you point the camera at the animatronic models. The app also includes a quiz to test your dino knowledge with a small prize to be won. The moving creatures are on loan to the zoo from the Billings Productions, one of the few companies in the world that creates realistic animatronic dinosaurs based on the latest science. Um, admission to the di- to dinosaurs unextinct at the LA Zoo is $5 per person, which is an additional cost to the regular zoo admission and free for children under two. General admission to the zoo currently is 20 bucks for ages 13 to 61, $17 for seniors ages 62 and over, and $15 for children's ages 2 to 12. And, of course, you can always go online to see uh, more information. The exhibit's going to run until October 31st of this year. I remember when they had something like this at the uh, Wild Animal Park that my parents took my kids to when they were really young. And I wonder if it's the same production company, though, you know, technology has really, really grown. So I think the interactive um, Actually, elements of this. These are the same people who did, like, the live stage show Walking with Dinosaurs. Okay. And that makes, so it's that makes the same sense. company. And these certainly these things have been traveling museums for a couple decades now, but they, every year they get it's better. No, it's and no better. little Irvy, right? And 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 they're so cool. Yeah, they're just so and, and cool. It's such an awesome experience to take your family, and especially with, with young children, and now with the apps that you know more people can do things with them. It's just I think it's a really cool exhibit that they have, and I like the LA Zoo anyway. It's a good opportunity. For people to go there. So day six. There you go. Thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, Michael. Well, as, as longtime listeners know that every two years, D23, the official Disney fan club, always honored me on my August birthday by holding the <laughs> D23 Expo. Well, for 2017, I did allow them to move it, you know, to, to a date that worked out better for them. So they recently announced that the D23 Expo 2017 will be held July 14th through the 16th in Anaheim, California at the Convention Center. Because there, you know, there were all those rumors swirling that they, their contract had run out. And of course they were going to move it to, you know, Kansas City or someplace. But no, it's, it's still in Anaheim. And it's uh, so each of Disney's magical worlds are going to unite under one roof 
to celebrate what's new and on the horizon in all the Disney theme parks, television, music, gaming, and films, including Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, and whatever else they buy in the next, you know, year or so. So, of course, they're going to um, have the usual Disney Legends ceremony. I'm actually um, already in line um, for that, <laughs> um, which honors the talented men and women who made a significant contributions to the Disney legacy. They are going to have an all-new exhibit from Walt Disney Archives, which is always excellent. And um, Mary Jo, you'll be pleased to know that D23 is having their – they're going to have their um, – costume contest so you can pull out your Yay. princess leia slave girl outfit this time it's going to be called a mouse parade and they're going to have of course the expo emporium where you know disney fans can buy sell and trade disney collectibles memorabilia merchandise and more uh, who knows what kind of furniture i'll get out of mickey's house this time <laughs> and the um and then they're going to have uh, uh, again the disney the d23 expo um design challenge and they'll they'll be talking more about that as it comes up and anyway, so they are going to be selling advanced tickets. They will go on sale at d23expo.com beginning July 14th, 2016. So a one whole year, year in advance. So D23 members can receive special pricing on both one and three day tickets to the event, which is also open to the general public. Um, D23 Gold and Charter members are entitled to special benefits at the 2017 Expo. Um, Gold members will also have the opportunity to purchase the Sorcerer Package. Uh, That's basically for people who don't want to wait in line, want to be carried in on a litter. And the ticket prices uh, will be announced during the summer. Uh, there's been speculation as to why they moved it. Of course, one obvious reason is this is the 14th to the 16th, and July 17th is the anniversary of Disneyland, although it's just, you know, just any old anniversary. But uh, this is also right before San Diego's Comic-Con. So speculation is, is that Disney wants to make all their announcements about Star Wars, Marvel, uh, and Avengers, and all of that um, here at their own D23 Expo rather than Comic-Con. So, and then, and then, you know, and in the past, they've made them at Comic-Con, and then D23 Expo sort of got the leftovers, or they didn't make it at Comic-Con, didn't have a presence, and then um, did it made all their announcements at D23 Expo. So it'd be interesting to see uh, how they handle it this year. So I will be there. So um, and we look forward to seeing you too. Well, you're already in line. I'll so. be there. <laughs> yeah, I'm already in line. Yeah, so well, I'll be there. I'm going to be in that front row and this year. Nice. Next year. Next. Well, year. and that's that's the thing, right? I, I think we we all learned a lesson of when to get there to uh, get in good. Yeah, seats. walk in at the last minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If if it wasn't for my friend, I would have still been in the in the line that was for a totally. I think it was the merchandise <laughs> event <laughs> instead of instead of the legends. So. All right, thank you, Michael Nancy. Okay, so talking about dinosaurs and thinking about last week when um, you know we had our Karen ask about. Um, our Karen asked about, you know, what was happening at the Reagan Museum, which we told her was the Vatican exhibit. I decided to peek in at a few of our popular sites that we tell people about and see what's, uh, what's new in the exhibit world. So we're going to start off at the Natural History Museum. And arriving this summer from July 3rd to October 2nd is Pterosaurs, Flight in the Age of the Dinosaurs. So this is an interactive exhibit and explore the remarkable diversity of the pterosaur species. Travel back in time with these prehistoric kings of the air. And, um, you know, they flew with their fingers and walked on their wings. So um, go see this at the Natural History Museum if you're into our Natural History Museum. Now, over at the California Science Center... They are continuing their journey into space, the exhibition, because, of course, they have the Endeavor on exhibit. 
They also are adding another one this summer called Earth in Concert, Protecting the Planet Through Music. And it's a multimedia interactive exhibit examining the status of biodiversity in the oceans, grasslands, forests, and Explore the contributions of Cheryl Crow, Jack Jackson, Ziggy Marley, Willie Nelson, Sting, Pharrell Williams, and other artists. And then last but not least, Mission 26, The Big Endeavor, um, features photographs of some of the spectacular scenes from Space Shuttle Endeavor's flight over California and her 12-mile, 68-hour journey through city streets to its final destination. So that's at the California Science Center. Now going to the Discovery Cube... In Orange County, which we actually have two Discovery Cubes, so you have to keep them separate. Um, this one's the one that's by Disneyland, then? Yes, the one that's by okay. Disneyland is the Orange County one. And coming up, they have... And it just went away. We talked about it. I can't remember what it was, though. Well, no, they're finishing Bubble Fest, okay. but rocket launch happens May 7th. So join Discovery Cube at, at the Boeing Company in Huntington Beach for the annual rocket launch. Hands-on day full of activities for all ages, including a competition where you'll design, build, and launch your own rocket made from a two-liter bottle. So that's in Huntington Beach. And the fun one, a couple fun ones, May 28th through September 11th, hands-on Harley Davidson. Nice. At, at, the, at Discovery Cube? Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, engineers and motorcycle enthusiasts alike will enjoy interactive activities to learn about safety and engine parts while also conducting experiments to see what happens when you throttle on, lean into a curve, or descend a mountain road. Um, this educational traveling exhibit illustrates science, technology, engineering, and math concepts through one-of-kind experience that lets visitors dream it, build it, and ride it. July also hosts some Inventors Week, and I think that's far enough to head to go to the Discovery. And our other Discovery Cube up in um, whatchamacallit is not <laughs> near as big. I love whatchamacallit. It's yes, right near it's, that it's, quaint little town of Thingamajig. <laughs> yes. I know, right? It's up in it's up here in the San Fernando Valley. <sighs> if I can get there. It's called Discovery Cube Los Angeles. And right now, you know, this Discovery Cube seems to be a little more oriented towards the younger kids. Um, and the stupid scrolling thing has now taken over my screen. Right, that, no. That's something for next week. Anyway, that's something for next week. But regardless, lots and lots of fun stuff. And like we said last week on our show, Reagan Museum is hosting uh, Treasures of the Vatican. All right. Because a lot of people can never get enough of that really, really cool traveling exhibit. There you go. Uh, thank you, Nancy. So you Tony. Okay, really quickly, Knott's has some new promotions in terms of saving some money. Oh, if cool. You go, if you go to Baskin Robbins or Dunkin' Donuts in Southern California, it's got to be Southern California, you can get coupons to save up to $27 off admission tickets. No further details. You can go to Cinemark Movie Theaters, Century Theater, Cine Arts, Tinseltown, Rave Cinema, Cinemark. And save up to $20 off admission tickets. And then AAA, which I think we probably mentioned, but also has 30% off Knott's Berry Farm regular admission tickets. And 20% on regular admission tickets at Knott's Soak City. So Knott's always trying to find you ways to save money. Yeah, never pay full price at Knott's. So either go, yeah. go to, go to, at the very least, go to their website and, and buy your tickets in advance. All right. Thank you, Tony. That is rapid fire. And for those of you listening live, be sure to t- stay tuned for Gidget's Beach Vacation. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. dude. I'm hanging 10. All right. That is- oh my, Michael, please don't do that. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for this segment of the Disunplug. Be sure to catch oh, Connecting with Walt this week. And, of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. Bye.